What is up design family and welcome back to another episode of Fit Design TV. As always, so glad to have you lovely folks back on the channel. On today's episode, I'll be giving you guys a master class in trims and closures for sportswear. So these are going to be things like zippers, drawstrings, Velcro, press buttons, all of the different closure systems that you guys can explore and can invest into in order to create the best possible products. What I found when creating these episodes over the last four years is that the pressing topics, the topics that you guys always want to know about are those nitty gritty details. For some reason, you guys nerd out on it and I do as well. So on this episode, I'll be giving you guys my experience as a fashion designer. What are the different zipper closures or closure systems in general that I use? And I'll be giving you guys the pros and cons of each. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Let's start off with a very basic comprehension of these zippers. In zippers, this is going to be your primary closure system. You can use zippers in a variety of different scenarios. You can use it as the central front zipper on a jacket. You can use it as an ankle zipper. You can use it as a zipper closure on an accessory, such as a backpack. Let's look at the three key types of zippers that we have in the market. You have your nylon coil zippers, you have your plastic molded zippers, and you have your metal zippers. Nylon zippers are going to be the most accessible and the most widely used in sportswear. They're very easy, they're very widely accessible, they're very cheap, and it's easy to dye them in a variety of different colors. Plastic molded zippers are gonna be more chunky, they're going to be more durable, but they're also gonna be slightly more expensive. You typically tend to see plastic molded zippers on outerwear and on accessories. And then we have our metal zippers. Metal zippers are the highest quality, they're the highest durability, and they tend to be used on accessories such as backpacks, and they tend to be used on denim items. These tend to be the most heavy duty. My recommendation for most sportswear products is going to be the nylon zipper. Let's look quickly at the assembly of any zipper. So if we have a zipper, all zippers are made out of these variety or these key parts. You have your nylon zipper tape, which is essentially the piece of fabric, the woven twill or the woven webbing fabric that is on the edges. And then you have your teeth in the middle, and then you have different things such as your stoppers, you have your pin locks, depending on the type of zipper it is. Also, if you wanna waterproof your zipper, sometimes you find that the nylon zipper tape is waterproof with a TPU surface finish or a PVC for surface finish. These are waterproof zippers. What are the different mechanisms of zippers? You have your closed end zipper. Your closed end zipper might be if you're wearing a quarter zip, it's a zipper that stops at the bottom. So it's a one way, closed end zipper. And then you have your one-way open end zipper. This is if you had a full zip jacket that's meant to open. You have a two-way open end zipper. A two-way open end zipper might be a zipper where it can zip both ways, such as a ski jacket. You have a end-to-end -end zipper. This is basically closed on both ends, but it's open in the middle. A good example of this would be a backpack. So these are your different zipper closure types. Now let's move on to the next category, which is going to be our press buttons and our fasteners. I love press buttons and snaps because they provide a very secure way of closing a specific pocket or a specific closure as you may need it. I typically find that press buttons are best used as the closure on a waistband or the closure of the flap of a pocket. When it comes to press snap buttons, you have your exposed press snap buttons where you can actually see the press snap buttons, the male and the female section, or you have your hidden press snap buttons where the male section is hidden within the flap of the pocket or the flap of the closure system. And you essentially have this like hidden press button closure system. My recommendation is to go for it with metal press snap buttons as opposed to plastic press snap buttons. Just the fact that press snap buttons are going to be put into a variety of different pressures. You want something that's going to withstand wear and tear overall. And what I find is a zinc alloy press snap button with a plastic clap closure is perfect for that. Let's look quickly at the press snap button anatomy. There's always two parts to any press snap button. 
you have the female section that typically rests on the actual garment itself. And then you have the male section, which is usually on the part that needs to be closed. So if you had a cargo pocket with a flap system, the flap itself would have the male section and then the pocket itself that's going to be closed on would have the female section. What or how you adorn it from the outside is up to you. Typically what you see is you have your metal actual like closure system, but then you have a plastic cap from the outside. You could actually have nothing at all and that would be a hidden snap button. What we also notice is magnetic snap buttons. So magnetic snap buttons are exactly what they sound like. They don't operate on a friction system or a pressure system where they insert into each other, but it's more of a magnet that closes it. Typically, these tend to be used on higher end products and on accessories such as backpacks. The third category is going to be one of the most popular categories, and this is going to be drawstrings. Drawstrings are predominantly going to be used as the closure or the fitment systems on waistbands. When it comes to drawstrings, we have our outer mounted systems, we have our inner mounted systems, we have our convertible waistband system. So what I'm talking about is where the drawstrings or how the drawstrings exit from the waistband. If you look at a waistband, it's a circular tube or a circular cylinder. Your drawstring will go from the back all the way to the front. And typically we have eyelets in the middle whereby these drawstrings exit. When they exit, we're able to tie them together. And as we tie them and as we pull them tighter, that is what creates the closure or the fitment around the waist. In your drawstrings, Typically, you have outer mounted drawstrings that exit the waistband from the outer surface of the waistband or inner mounted drawstrings that exit, of course, out, but from the inside of the waistband. So they come out from the inside. And then we have a convertible waistband with two sets of eyelets. So essentially four eyelets in total on that waistband. And what you are able to do is you're able to have your way to have the drawstring from the inside or the outside. Where do you select whether you have inner mounted drawstrings or outer mounted drawstrings? It depends on the specific product. When it comes to thicker, more chunky drawstrings, then a outer mounted drawstring system is going to be best. Or if you have a more low profile running short, then having an inner mounted system is going to be best. Why is this? If you're wearing a shirt and you have your shorts underneath, and you tend to have your drawstrings coming from the outside of the waistband. One of the issues that you're going to notice is you're going to have this bulging effect where your shirt crosses over the waistband because of the excess fabric created by the drawstring that's going to be tied up and sitting at the waistband. If your drawstrings are inner mounted, you can tie them and then you can tuck them into the waistband. That's going to create a more seamless profile, which is going to be much better with things such as compression wear and running shorts, just in general, where everything is a lot more fitted. Let's look at the different types of drawstrings that you have available to you. Most drawstrings are going to either come in varieties of flat profile or round profile. Flat profile is exactly what it sounds like, where when you touch sort of the profile of the actual drawstring, it's very, very flat. These are going to be great for more casual items if they're more chunky or on the flip side for running pieces or for performance oriented pieces as they're going to sit with a lower profile on the waistband and create less bulk. So you almost have two sides of the spectrum there. And then you have your round profile. Your round profile is pretty much everything you see on the market. It's those round drawstrings, they're braided, and you can control the diameter or the thickness. The most common types of profiles are going to your five millimeter drawstring profile. And then you can increase. If you want something that's thicker, go for 10 millimeters. If you want something that's ultra thick, 15 millimeters, so on and so forth. What can you do as well with these round profile drawstrings? Because they're braided, the color or the way that they represent themselves is going to be dependent on the colors of the yarns that you use in the braiding. What you typically tend to see is these black drawstrings with this 3M filament threading that goes through. A good example of this is the Elements Jacket by Alfleet, which brings in these beautiful drawstrings 
with this 3M reflective lining that goes through. What does this 3M reflective lining do? Well, it's a very subtle detail, but as soon as you shine light on it, it brings a level of functionality to this garment that is unparalleled with anything that is on the market. It's a very simple detail and a way to show and to use the simplicity of drawstrings and to get the maximum out of functionality out of them. What are the materials you can use? Most drawstrings either come in varieties of cotton or polyester. If you're going for more loungewear type pieces, stick to cotton. The hand feel, the drape, just the overall look is going to be a lot more appropriate for that category of garment. If you're going for pieces that are going to be used in the gym, that are going to be stretched a lot, that are going to have a lot of wear and tear, and you're going to be sweating in, then polyester and its sweat wicking capabilities is going to be where you want to be. When it comes to branding, how do you brand different types of drawstrings? If you have a round profile drawstring, you're going to have to weave in the actual branding. So this would be sort of like a jacquard damask weave. And you notice that the branding is woven into the round profile. We can't print on a round profile simply because of the round nature. There's no way to print on a round surface. On the flip side, if you have a flat profile drawstring, you can also weave in or braid in your branding elements, or you can actually screen print your branding elements. Good example of this is going to be the Alphalete Infinity Shorts, which do a great job to bring in a subtle detail of branding and create depth to the garment without being overbearing. And you can pick and choose. If you have black drawstrings, maybe try white print if you want something to stand out. If you have black drawstrings, maybe try a glossy black print if you want a subtle and unique hint. Next up, we have our toggles and our cords. Toggles and cords are great for more technical or more outerwear pieces. They provide immense amount of fine tune ability simply by pulling on the cord just to kind of give you the overall anatomy of a pull cord system. This could be either used on the waistband, it could be used on the ankle cuffs, it could be used on a variety of different areas, it could be used on the hoodie trim to kind of tighten the hood and to create more of a snug fit. And what you notice is this very thin, almost two to three millimeter thick braided, so it's a polyester and latex braided cord with a pull cord adjuster. The pull cord adjuster is basically a snap or it's a spring-loaded adjuster with a clip at the top. And when you press down, that clip releases the cords and allows you to pull the actual adjuster in or out to tighten or to loosen. This is a very easy system because it allows instantaneous adjustments on the fly without having to sort of fiddle around with the drawstring to untie, to retie. If you're wearing gloves, such as if you're skiing, this is going to be a godsend because you don't have to take off your gloves, you don't have to untie, you, have to, you don't have to retie. This is why I tend to see pull cords being used in scenarios where you have outerwear pieces, where you might be wearing things that will inhibit you from interacting with drawstrings correctly. What I also really, really like about pull cords is that they tend to be more low profile, but at the same time, they tend to not be low profile. I'll explain what that means in a second. You don't have the drawstrings hanging out, but at all times, you will have the pull cord or the plastic of the actual pull cord in the way. So I don't recommend it for very fitted garments, just because if you have a fitted garment and you have a t-shirt over it, it's just going to stick out and look very, very weird. But if you have a more oversized piece, like an oversized jogger or an oversized hoodie or a jacket, then a pull cord might come in handy. It's very easy to adjust and very, very good. One of the issues, it's more expensive. And if you buy a poor quality or a cheap quality pull cord, you can easily find yourself in a position where a lot of these pull cord trims are failing on you. And if you're selling these to your customer, it's not going to leave a good taste in their mouth. So word to the wise, invest into high quality plastics when it comes to your pull cords. And believe me, spend a little bit more so that you can set a better first impression with your customers. When it comes to your pull cords, you can either have a single press pull cord that is a press from the top, or you can have a dual press pull cord, which is pressed from the sides. Where does each of them work? Well, with the dual press pull cord, I believe you have a little bit more fine tune ability in terms of just making sure that 
your pull cord is hanging on or it's latching on to the cord itself in the best possible way. With a single press, it can break much more easily. It's a lot less durable, but it is a little bit less bulky. So you have your pros and cons for each of these two different types of pull cord systems. Next up, we have our hook and loop system and one of the most well-known brands that sells hook and loop is going to be Velcro. Contrary to popular belief, Velcro itself is not the name of the fastening system. This is just the brand name. It's the same way that we call Scotch tape, Scotch tape because of the brand Scotch or it's done by 3M, which is also well-known for making a 3M reflective, but that doesn't mean that all reflective frames are made by 3M, so on and so forth. So. Hook and loop is simple. What it works on is a male and a female section of hook and loop. The actual female section tend to be that soft, fuzzy section that's very, very soft. It almost feels like artificial grass or just feels like um, a lot of fuzz. And then on the flip side, you have the plastic pieces or the nylon plastic pieces that have these very small hooks that whereby when you combine them together, they hook into each other and then you have the fastening system. You have a variety of different types of hook and loop systems that are on the market. You have these plastic systems where both the male and the female are just like opposite sides of the same kind of thing. And you might have circles and then the other side you have open circles and they clip into each other. It's just a little bit more of a high quality or a better looking type of hook and loop. It's a little bit more expensive and a little bit more technical looking. So hook and loop is not only that fuzzy and that clip type of hook and loop system that we tend to see on the market. There's a variety of different hook and loop systems and the one that is going to be best for you is going to be the one that fits your budget and fits your brand initiative. Why do I like hook and loop systems? They're very, very useful for wrist sort of closures on outdoor pieces such as ski jackets, snowboarding jackets, hiking jackets. You can easily use them even if you are wearing a piece of gloves or a pair of gloves. They're very easily navigatable, but they do add excess bulk onto your fabric. So if you don't have a type of garment that can withstand that, you might be using a singular woven material such as on a jogger, then perhaps a hook and loop system may not be what you want to go for. So stick to thicker fabrics, fleece fabrics, jersey fabrics, and triple layer woven type constructions such as on outerwear pieces. Last but not least, we have the miscellaneous section. Miscellaneous section has to do with the things that we don't typically tend to see used all that often. One thing that I like is the type of fastener system, which is the pull tab fastener system, similar to what you see on men's formal pants and it's gaining in appeal, especially on technical sportswear or tech wear because of that technical side of things. What does a side fastener pull tab system allow you to do? Well, it allows you to eliminate the need for drawstrings in the middle or any sort of adjuster system in the middle and have this completely clean aesthetic. You'll have two sides of two sets of pull tabs or a single set of pull tabs on either side, typically around 3 and 9 p.m. on the waist and just simply by allowing a excess piece of fabric to loop through your tri-glide system and you're allowed to pull it, you're able to create micro adjustments on the waistband. And why I love it is that it adds minimal to no bulk. It creates a very clean and minimalist aesthetic on the front and it's just a beautiful thing to look at. And you're able to make micro, micro adjustments into the waistband without having to make massive changes. You also have a similar system on the inside, and I'm sure you guys have seen this on denim if you're a kid when you're young. It's typically used on kids' clothing where you have a variety of different fits within the same age range, and it'll be this elastic piece 
of fabric on the inside that loops through the waistband and then you have a series of holes and a single button that's exposed on the inside of the waistband that you can sort of latch that elastic tape into and make micro adjustments. Other versions of that are available and whatever version you choose is the one that best fits your brand initiative, best fits the functionality of the piece and your overall budget. Well guys, that is it. That is a wrap on this episode. Of course, there are a ton of other categories for us to discuss, but I wanted to give you guys my primary closure systems that I tend to use when designing sportswear. I want you guys to explore the world. What I'd recommend is to create or to have an account on Pinterest, search things like sportswear trims, sportswear fastener systems, go on Alibaba as well. You can search specific categories of products and see what they look like in real life, how they work, and just get into the world because these small trims give you the ability to really make your product stand out, to add extra layers of functionality, and to really provide value. In markets that are overly saturated, what I would recommend is to give your brand every single opportunity that it can have in order to create products that really solve problems for customers, that enhance people's lives, and that allow you to stand out. If you guys want to ask my personal opinions on how your brand can use unique types of zipper closures or closure systems in your next collection, check the link in the description. I offer one-on-one -on -one consultation calls every single week with limited slots. So if you guys are interested in speaking with me one-on-one -on -one from my personal experience, well, check the link. You guys won't be disappointed. Guys, from the very bottom of my heart, I say this every single episode and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Fit Design TV. Until next week's episode, stay awesome.